Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Bible study. We really are excited that you're here tonight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let us begin. Our Father and our God, we come before you in the place of prayer. And we ask, O oh Lord, that as we come before you, we ask that tonight you glorify your name. You do all that you have planned. Holy Spirit, we yield to you entirely. We come into the month of September and we yield to you entirely. We pray, Father, that through our study of the word, you may reveal your heart and your mind to us so that it is reproduced in the way we are, the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we act, so that the world sees you through us. In Jesus's most holy name, amen and amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to start off and our scripture for tonight to start, there'll be quite a few and I will put them into the chat. Um, I will put them into the chat. Good evening, everybody who's popped a message into the chat. That's absolutely wonderful. And so let's begin. Matthew chapter nine. Tonight we're going to, over the next four weeks, we've just, we finished our study on God bringing in the new, but well, not really finished, but we finished that section on how God brings in the new. And so tonight we're starting a new journey and we're going to combine two things we're going to look at um how we can build our trust in god so we're going to look at trusting god and we're going to use the framework of um we're going to use a framework to do so and it's going to be fun and so should be a good four weeks um and god will be very kind to us okay so i'm going to read from matthew chapter 9 reading from verses 14 to 17 that's matthew 9 and I'm going to read from 14 to 17, and let's read. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible, and the Bible says the following, ladies and gentlemen. Then the disciples of John came to Jesus inquiring, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, that is, abstain from food and drink as a religious exercise? But your disciples do not fast, verse 15. And Jesus replied to them, can the wedding guests mourn while the bridegroom is still with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. And no one puts a piece of cloth that has been shrunk on an old garment for such a patch tears away from the garment and a worse rent tear is made. Neither is new wine put in old wine skins. For if it is, the skins burst and are torn in pieces and the wine is spilled and the skins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wine skins and both are preserved. It's a wonderful scripture. It's one that has come up over the last few weeks um, and it's one of the, the, the guiding scriptures of what's happening to us both as a church, but mainly as individuals and us that make up the church. And so what we're going to look at tonight is we're going to have a look at a couple of things. And the first thing we're going to look at, ladies and gentlemen, um, because Jesus presents this, he presents this image 
to a group of people who asked him a question and they asked him a very sincere question. And it's, it's very, one of the things about studying the Bible is be curious because you'll notice throughout the Bible, whenever people ask questions, it's God responds in a way that he always gives more than they are expecting. He always gives it. And so ladies and gentlemen, so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look um, at that question. So the first thing we want to have a look at is what constitutes new wine? Or, and so, or what constitutes wine? So Jesus says that we want to put new wine into new wine screens. It's very interesting. So when we think about it, new wine, ladies and gentlemen, in a very simple phrase, is simply put, anything that God places in us that causes a fundamental change in the way we do, see, or experience things. That means anything that God places in us um, that causes us to do, see, or experience things in a brand new way. And so that's what we, we, we're called, he refers to as wine. So the question we have to ask ourselves, okay, so what is wine? What, what happens? Because you, you'll notice that once wine is placed within you, um, it will have an effect in the natural. You'll find that you might become more cheerful. You might become, your inhibitions will be lifted. You might become more um, risk averse. You, you'll be very, you're very confident. You might become loud. You might become boisterous. But you realize that once wine is placed in a person, let's use it in a person, you realize there's an impact. And Jesus says, when you're talking about new wine, it has to be put into new wine skins for a very, very simple reason. It's very, very bubbly. And that means there has to be an elasticity in the wineskins so that when the wine is still, cause it will still be fermenting when it's new, while it's going through that process, the wineskins don't burst. And we're going to look at that. And so what is the new wine? And we're going to look at what that is. And so when we think about it in very simple terms, ladies and gentlemen, the new wine is the word of God, or the new wine is the spirit of God. Effectively, God wants to introduce himself into our lives to produce a new experience. He's going to introduce a brand new revelation of himself, and that's going to affect the way we see, think, speak, and do, and it's going to change things. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a look at that. So to just to back that up while we're, while we're here, if you could just turn in your Bibles, um, just to, to bring this, we'll, we'll close this out quite quickly. Mark chapter 4, and if you read verse 14, it's a, a verse that is quite short. And Jesus says something very, very straightforward. He's speaking, and he says, notice, speaking about God placing himself. Again, this is the parable of the sower. And the Bible says, and Jesus is explaining it. And he says, the seeds described, he says, the sower soweth the word, reading from the King James Version of the Bible. So when we think about the new wine, we are thinking about God placing himself into us. Here we see the Bible says that the sower sows the word. So when we're thinking about the new wine, it is the word. We also realize um, going through two scriptures, just so that we can get a really clear picture. If you turn in your Bibles, please, 
if you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, um, John chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verses 13 to 14, because you realize when the Bible speaks about the word, the word is also referred to as water, as in it's liquid. One, it's just a wonderful picture that we can see. And so let's have a look at that. Let's have a look at John chapter four, and I'm going to read from 13 to 14. John chapter four, okay? Verse 13 and 14, and I'm going to read from the, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Now listen to how Jesus describes the water. He says, but the water that I shall give him shall be in a, be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That's the new, so that's the description of the bubble or the effervescence of the new wine. It's a wonderful picture. So we can see that the Bible basically explains itself. And to close this out, to close this little bit out, because we're going to look at a couple of other things. And we can look at, again, the Bible refers to, the Bible refers to the word of God. And I'm going to turn to Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. So Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. And I'll bring this little bit of this section to a close. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, and the Bible is speaking about husbands and wives. It's a wonderful scripture. And the Bible says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And then the Bible says the following, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. That is, sanctify means to prepare for a task, to set apart, to enable or to empower. He said that he might sanctify and cleanse it, remove anything. Cleanse also includes healing, restructuring, anything that is anything that is not an, in alignment with what God wants. The Bible says he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So we hear, so the word is referred to, Jesus says, the sower sows the word. Jesus also says the word can be defined as water. The Bible says here that the Bible defines the word as water as well. So when we're talking, so what I want you to please understand, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When we're thinking about the new wine, remember, we, remember what we said about the new wine. It is what God places in us that causes us to experience, to see, or to respond to things in a brand new way. And so what we've come to a conclusion is when we're talking about new wine and when we're thinking about this, let's also realize it's actually quite simple. God wants to place himself into you and I so that we can, we can speak and we can act and we can respond to him in a whole new way. Okay, we're almost at our declaration. It's just, um, thank you for the reminder. I really appreciate that. We're almost at our declaration. And so we're going to pause for a moment. Um, we've got about 30 seconds. And so let's, if let that sink, let, let think about what we've just said. That when we're talking about new wine, it is the Lord is talking about 
himself. Because remember, so the new wine is not a thing. It is a person. It's God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that tonight. And the, there's a reason we're going to look at that tonight. Um, and we'll pick that up immediately we finish our declaration. So let's take our declarations now. Um, it's 7.14. Let's take our declarations. Oh, Lord, we are your people. Called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We, and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now let's make the declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to realize that that is changing things. It's healing the United Kingdom and any place where you are listening to this, whatever country you are in, the Lord is going to do exactly the same thing there. All right, so let's go on. And so we've realized that when we're talking about new wine, it's been a perfectly time talking about new wine, the Lord is speaking about himself. So the question we have to ask ourselves is why? So let's look at, let's look at that in a wider context tonight. Remember, God's focus, God's focus is that you and I trust him. Let's keep that in mind. And so let's look at this. So let's look at the next stage. And the next stage we want to look at is this. When God wants to solve a problem, and so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a, uh, when God wants to solve a problem, he introduces himself into the situation. So when you say, oh, why does God need to introduce the new? Why does God need to introduce new wine? Why does God need to pour the water of the word into us why does god need to put water within us in our spirits that bubbles up unto everlasting life because ladies and gentlemen i want you to remember and think about this whenever god wants to solve a problem he always introduces himself into the situation and then things begin to change and so when god wants to solve problems he introduces himself and so I'll show you where that is. And so we can pick up from there. And so, ladies and gentlemen, our journey, what's, what's going to be the impact of the new wine on our lives? It's very simple. We are going to begin to respond to God. We are going to begin to see God. We are going to begin to see the things of God. We are going to begin to think, speak, and act in a new way. And so let's have a look at that the fact that when God wants to solve a problem, he introduces himself. And so please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter one, um, Genesis chapter one, reading from verses one to three, Genesis one, reading from verses one to three. This is the first time God solves a problem. Um, Genesis one, let's go there. And I'm going to read from verses one to three, and I will read from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says the following. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. So something had happened. Something had literally caused a 
a complete wipeout and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Bible says the following, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's the problem. Darkness held sway. Notice how God solves the problem. Verse three, and God said, let there be light and there was light and so we, we realize that wait and the bible says in verse four just for completeness for for um for being complete the bible says and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness so ladies and gentlemen we realize when god wants to solve a problem he introduces himself now why is that important think about it so god says i want to introduce new wine into you into you and i why he wants to solve a problem he wants to introduce himself into a situation and he wants to give that situation light and so ladies and gentlemen also and i'll, I'll pause to say this here if anybody is facing a challenge and you're you're listening to this the answer to your challenge will always be light the revelation of who god is and so I pray that whatever you're facing, and I say this, and I say this by the Spirit of God, that may light come into your darkness. No matter what the situation is, may light come into your darkness. Now, how do I know this is God introducing himself into the situation, just so that we're clear? And it's this, ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your, it's one of the most famous verses in, in the Bible. Um, and I think it's one of the first verse, set of verses I've memorized. Um, when I when I became a Christian and it's John chapter one reading from verses one to five John one reading from verses one to five okay John one one to five and the Bible says the following I'll 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 read I'll take my reading from here John one and the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The Bible then says, and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that whenever God wants to solve a problem, he introduces himself. The Bible says that when God wants to do something, he will put his word into the situation. The Bible says, who was the word? The Bible says, in the word of God is the light that you need that will create what you're expecting. And I pray that whatever you're praying for, may light come into your darkness and so we realize this is why god wants to introduce the new into our lives so that he can solve the challenges that persist currently in our world whatever area we find ourselves in and so please keep that in mind that's that hope that that really helps so when you're praying you're praying for light so let's have a look at that so let's look at what else god does when he introduces himself into a situation um and that will form and i by the way if you have questions please pop them into the chat and we, we will take them so the next thing we want to look at is trusting god is 
not the preserve of supermen or men who it's the preserve of everybody god wants us all to trust him and he will help you and i to trust him and so we're going to look at how that is now built because when god introduces himself into a situation the one thing he will want us to do is respond and that means we have to trust god so let's have a look at how god is rebuilding that trust because when god introduces himself into a situation the people that trust him or the phrase used is believe the responses then come and so let's have a look at it and so trust in itself is always built trust is now it's, it's not a gift it is built and it's built over time if you think about it think about the people that you trust um in, in in life think about the people that you trust or the products that you trust or the shops that you trust um some um, um or the or the clothing brand that you trust or the whatsoever it may be or the pen that you trust whatsoever it may be notice it didn't start out like that you used it or whatever it was over time that trust was built and now many times no one can actually shift you away from that trust in the very same way please remember trust in god is built it's not a gift it is built it's built over time and so let's have a look at the way god wants to, to rebuild trust in our lives and then we will take some questions on this section because we're going to take our time as we go through this and so please remember after man fell after you and i after man fell god had to begin to rebuild his relationship with us so that we could trust him again now remember when man fell his spirit man dies and so god had to rebuild our relationship with him until he could bring us to a point where our spirits were renewed when we were saved that we're coming to that and so let's have a look at how god did that it's actually quite interesting the first thing that god did because he couldn't the first thing that god did he couldn't talk to us spiritually now he had to work through our senses through where we were in our fallen state and what does he do the first thing he introduces is his name now when we think about the name of god please remember and these are the things that build our trust with god what's the first thing that god introduces he introduces his name he says in this situation this is who i am this is my personality my character and you can trust me in this area i'll give you a couple of examples so um turn with me please ladies and gentlemen to genesis chapter 15 and i'm going to read from verses one to two uh one to two and this is i'm just going to use there are many there, there there's a plethora of names of god we'll pick on a few examples because of time tonight and so Genesis chapter 15, reading from verses one to two, we see God do something for Abraham. And this is, notice this is the early journey of God introducing, um, building trust. And so I'm going to read from Genesis 15. And the Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham. And then God says the following, I am thy shield 
and thy exceeding great reward. And then the Bible says, and Abraham, they begin a conversation. So what does he do? He says to Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. That means if I ever ask you to do something, you can take it to the bank that I will defend you while you're doing it and I'll reward you for it. The name that God is introducing there is El Shaddai. I am the many-breasted or the strong one. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So what was he doing? That meant anytime Abraham and ladies and gentlemen, anytime any one of us does something or God asks us to do something, he says, in this area, you can be certain how I would respond. And so let me say something about trust so that we're, so that we're clear. Trust is based upon predictability. And when I say predictability, that means God, if God says, this is who I am, you can rely on that. And so what was he doing? He was rebuilding our relationship with him. So he introduces his name. I'm going to go through this um, in stages. So he introduces his name. So that means in this area, if every other area is confusing, but if this area comes up, you can rely on it. And so he said to Abraham, when I ask you to do something, you can rely. I will be your shield and your defense, and I will reward you. And then that they have the famous conversation, and God says, this is what I'm going to do with you regarding children. And Abraham believes, or he says, you know what? You are my shield, and you are my reward. I believe you, and the rest, ladies and gentlemen, is history. And so that's one example. So God was introducing to a world that was fallen, the fact that you can trust me. And he started with his name. And so there's, I'm going to give you two or three examples. There's some fun ones. Another big one is this, ladies and gentlemen, please turn to your Bible, turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter three, and I'm going to read verse 14. And so the Lord introduces to another one of his servants an area where he can be trusted. Um, Exodus 3, and I'm going to turn to verse 14. It's a lovely verse of scripture. God is now speaking to Moses, and Moses says, and so for accuracy, what's happened is he's sending Moses to go back to Pharaoh, and they're having that original discussion where Moses is saying, I'm not qualified, I can't do it. Very similar to the way some of us feel. So what does God do? He gives him something to rely on and he gives him his name. And this is what he says. So Moses said, when I go to the children of Israel, who shall I say sent me? And the Lord says the following. And God says unto Moses this. He says, I am that I am. And he said, thus thou shalt, shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. What does that word I am mean? That's where we get the word Yahweh. That's where we get the word. So that means I am the self-existent one. Trust me. So he said, whatsoever you need me to be, I am that. And God says to Moses, so that means no matter what you face, where you're going, because he realized you're going to come up against someone who was vast in the dark arts. You're going to come up against Pharaoh who 
treated himself like a God who had set him up himself as a God. He said, listen, no matter what you face, whether it's with the children of Israel, whether it's with Pharaoh, and I understand the journey you're going to go on. He said, this you can take to the bank. This is so this is my name. That means this is my personality, my character, but it's also my assurance to you. And he says, I am that I am. Now, pause for a moment. I don't know who I'm talking to, but whatsoever you need the Lord to be tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where trust comes in. I want you to realize that God is still the same. He's still the same. I am that I am. And so what I want you to realize is that's how God was building trust. And this is the journey. This is the journey he took the people of Israel on. And it's the journey he's taking us on. Now, I want you to remember. So what does he do? He introduces his name. So let's give you, I'll give you one more and then we'll move on um, for the sake of time. So one more, please turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter six. And I'm going to read verse three. Exodus chapter six, verse three. And I'm going to read verse three. He's speaking to Moses again. And by now, the battle has been joined. Pharaoh has said, I'm not going to let them go. Uh, who is this God that you should, that I should obey him? And then the Lord has this conversation with Moses. And I'm going to read from verse one to give you context. If Exodus 6 verse 1 and the Bible says then the Lord said unto Moses now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand shall he let them go and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land and God spake unto Moses and said unto him I am the Lord I am the Lord and he said I and I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. That's what he said to, um, that's what he said to Abraham. I am the Lord God Almighty. I am Jehovah El Shaddai. And then he said, but by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And verse four nails it. The reason, and this is why I'm smiling. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. So what does God do? God realizes that Moses, you're going to need something on this journey. Now you are in a battle. Now it's going to, it's tough. Now you're going to see things whereby everything is not going to work as normal. You're going to have to apply force. And what does he say? He says, this is my name. He said, my name is Jehovah. That is, I am the covenant keeping God. Now, what does that mean? That means even when things around you do not look like they are working, I will keep my covenant and I will literally make my word come to pass by force if necessary and so ladies and gentlemen what was God doing he was building <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I'm getting some uh, I, I'm, I'm getting some really great messages um, I point taken you put a lovely message into the chat a uh, point taken 
I will definitely do a study on the names of God. So this is what this one is the covenant keeping God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm sure I'm talking to someone. But I want you to realize that even if things look like they are a nightmare, the Bible says, God says, in this area, that means when everything goes dark, you can trust the fact that I am a covenant keeping God. That means I will cause my word to come to pass irrespective of the circumstances. Now, ladies and gentlemen, using these three examples, first he says, I am the Lord God. <laughs> I am the Lord God Almighty. Then he says, I am that I am. That means what you need me to be, I will be that for you because you are only here because of me. And then he says to Moses, I am the covenant keeping God and the name used is Jehovah. Now, what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, this is why is he saying that he's a covenant keeping God? Because he said to Abraham in Genesis 22, he said, I swear by myself. That means this is on me. I'm going to do the heavy lifting. What is God doing? And I know I'm speaking to someone. And so whoever it is, please, ladies and gentlemen, just grab, grab your message, grab your moment and may God honor your prayers. But this is what God was doing. He introduced to the children of Israel and he introduced to mankind that I need to reintroduce myself, but he did it in stages. So he said, first, I said, I am the God you can trust when I send you on a message. I am the God who will be whatever you need in uncertain circumstances. I am the God when everything goes dark. I am the covenant keeping God. Now, I want you to remember something tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and this is key about trusting the Lord. God treats and values his name highly. He will not forsake it. And so we're going to bring this little bit of a conversation to a close because we're going to move on to see how God did it. And then we will, um, based upon how much time we have, we'll take questions. And so what I want you to realize is, so let's drive this point home. Um, and so ladies and gentlemen, if you could turn in your Bible, I want to drive home the fact that God will honor. He does not take his name lightly. And this is how he built trust to a to people who couldn't relate to him spiritually. He said, so I'm going to have to reintroduce myself into your world so that you can see, experience, touch and build a pattern so that in those areas you will realize I can be trusted. And so please turn in your Bibles to First Samuel. By the way there are so many more names of God, um, so many more names of God. We could go through them all night. First Samuel chapter 12, and we're going to have a look at verse 22. And the, this, this is a verse, first Samuel 12, verse 22. Just move this down so I'm good. Yeah. First Samuel 12:22. And this is, this is what the Bible says. Now, this is where Israel are have slipped up and they've decided to give themselves a king rather than to serve the Lord. And he's speaking to them through Samuel. They're terrified in that we've offended God and they were literally terrified that God was going to wipe them out. But this is what the Lord says through Samuel on a very pivotal day. He says the following, 
he says in verse 22, 1 Samuel 12, verse 22, he said, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Meaning what's going to happen next is not because of your actions. It is because when God gives his word, he's going to keep it. He says, for my name's sake. That means if, um, oh, um, I'll, I'll give you an example in a moment. He said, for my name's sake, for my name's sake, I will do what you ask. I'll give you an example. Um, when my children were younger, Whenever I would go on a ministry trip, especially to America, they would always have these little lists. Daddy, can you get me these trainers? Daddy, can you get me this? You know, can you get me that? Which was only available in America. Many times they would ask for things. And I remember there was one particular time my daughter asked for a, a particular pair of trainers. I think they were the Superman trainers. And they cost a particular amount of money. I didn't have it at that point in time, but I went to preach. And so by the time I finished preaching, I had enough money to go and get them. Why did I, and I, the, the people that were, were chaperoning me, they said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go shopping. And, I, and they, they wondered, why do you want to go shopping? I said, listen, I cannot go back to England without these trainers. Why? Because when my daughter said, can daddy, can you get this? the responsibility was transferred to me by virtue of what she calls me in that daddy can you get i protected that name iris um, i mean i was going to do anything legal yeah to get the trainers and so what I want you to realize, this is key. That means when God says, I give you my name, he says, I will move heaven and earth to get it done because I've given you my name in this area. So the heavy lifting will come by God. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize, let's keep this in mind. Um, there's a scripture coming to my heart and it, it, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 49. Psalm 119 verse 49 explains what I'm saying so much better. I hope the story was, and, and it's a true story, by the way, it, it, it's a true story. And I did get the trainers and in my daughter's eyes, I was a superhero, at least for that moment. I, I was, I was a superhero. Now, the Bible then says in Psalm 119, verse 49, as we bring this to a close, and then, I'm gonna, then we have one more verse, which I think is the, the most explosive one in this area, is this. The Bible says, verse 49 says, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Meaning, the only reason I am believing God is because you've caused me to trust what you said, who you are, and what you do. And the Bible says, Lord, remember that. And the Bible then says in verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. That's what new wine does, brings you alive. It bubbles in you, it quickens, it makes you see, experience, and act in a brand new way. So what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. I want you to realize that this is what God is saying. 
Now, how much does God value his name? Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And let's have a look at verses 12 to 14. And I'm going to read it, ladies and gentlemen, from the Amplified Classic. Jesus is now speaking. And it introduces us beautifully to the fact. And this is what Jesus says. Now, Jesus says the following. Jesus says, and I'm reading John 14, verses 12 to 14 from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says the following. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name, and then the the Amplified explains it. It says, as presenting all that I am, that is Jehovah, so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in or through the Son. Verse 14, the Bible says, yes, I will grant, I myself will do for you whatever you shall ask in my name as presenting all that I am. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord introduces his name and then he sends Jesus, which is stage two in the area of trust. Jesus says, I will answer your prayers so that the name of the Lord you are relying on will always be held in honor or appreciation. You find this in the Lord's prayer as well. So what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, God does not treat his name lightly. So when you come to God as, Lord, I come to you and I need you to be Jehovah El Shaddai. I need you to be the many-breasted one. I need you to be the Lord God Almighty. The Bible says in the ne- when you pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus makes that a reality because God has given Jesus everything. When you come and you need God to be Jehovah Rapha, which is the covenant-keeping Lord that he left me. Jesus steps in and he says, the stripes are on my back. I have paid the price for their sins and healing is theirs. So what I want you to begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, God wants you to trust him. And he did it first by in reintroducing his name into our journey. The second thing he introduced was his son. And this is what I want you to realize, that this is the beautiful thing about trusting God. The next thing he introduces, he introduces his son. And this is the beautiful thing about it, that when God sends his son, um, I'm looking at the time. Wow, we, we may not have time today. That's okay. When God sends his son into the world, he does so, so that we now, through the son, can trust the father. So let me give you, a, let me see, show you what Jesus says. Stay in John 14 with me. Um, I would like to take you on a journey, but I'm very conversant of time. John chapter 14, and I'm going to read from 9 to 11. John 14 from 9 to 11. And you realize, ladies and gentlemen, and please let's hold on. John chapter 14, read from verse 9 to 11. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says the following. And Jesus is speaking to one of his disciples. And he said, it will be wonderful if you could just show us the father. 
You know what, Jesus, if you could just show us the Father, just give us a vision, we'll work with it. Jesus says the following. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then show us the Father? Then Jesus goes on to say the following. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Ladies and gentlemen, when God sent his son into the world, it was so that we could then trust him. The famous verse is, is, is one of the, I want you to show you, I want to show you where God did that. And that might be the last scripture we take tonight. So turn in your Bibles, please. Matthew chapter three, and then we'll do a short recap and we'll continue from there in the coming week. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. Matthew 3, 16 to 17, if you would like to turn there. And I'll read. The story goes, Jesus has been born. Um, he's grown up and he comes to be baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist has just explained to the crowd that when Jesus comes, when the Messiah comes, because he didn't know it was Jesus, when the Messiah comes, the Messiah will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus walks into that crowd. And the Bible says, John panics. He says, wait, 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 why are you coming to me? I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, let all things be done now so that we can fulfill all righteousness really key verse not enough time to talk about it tonight but then this happens so john baptizes him as jesus comes out of the water the bible says the following verse 3 matthew 3 verse 16 matthew 3 verse 16 and jesus when he was baptized went up straight away out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And the Bible says lighting on him. That means resting on him. Verse 17. And lo, that means suddenly a voice from heaven saying, this is an audible voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God was announcing to everybody, good, bad, and ugly, that this is my beloved son. If you have seen him, you have seen me. And so what was God doing? He's saying that this, this is my son. Trust him and trust me. So God was rebuilding our journey of trust with him and he did it through jesus christ and that's why jesus said if you've seen me then you've seen the father now think about it notice whenever jesus was confronted with something that was outside of god's will he corrected it 
And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to begin to realize, what can you trust? I want you to keep in mind, our trust in the Lord is that notice, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, you are not on your own. You can trust Jesus. So when you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus treated women, when you see how Jesus treated men, when you see how Jesus treated his disciples, when you see how Jesus treated the sick, when you see how Jesus taught the Bible, when you see how Jesus protected his disciples, when you see how Jesus sacrificed his life, when Jesus came back from the dead, you realize what was God doing? He was doing it so that we would trust him. And that is the second pillar of trust that we've got. It's the life and person of Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to hold on to, this is really key. And this is, I'll, I'll wrap this up. And then um, I haven't got any questions. Very interesting tonight. I haven't got any questions. Okay. Um, Hebrews 12. This is where we close this. One to two. And it's a famous verse. And so think when you realize this is how Hebrews 12, and I'm going to read from 1 to 2. And this is why God sent Jesus into the world, and it's this. I'm going to read from verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. <laughs> the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame is set down at the right hand of the throne of god so god says you now have a focus against all odds look to jesus not only look to jesus in his life in his death and his resurrection but look to jesus what he won on our behalf what he makes possible on our behalf, who we are in him, what he makes possible through his life, what we now have. And there's a whole list of things. And this is where we're going to pick it up next week. And the reason is very simple. God wants us to what? Trust him. And this is, so, uh, this, this is where we'll close it out today. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize when we talk about God introducing new wine into our lives it is god introducing himself into our lives so that we can respond see things and experience things in a brand new way which will require us trusting him and so what i want you to also us requesting trusting him this is really important that means your walk with god ladies and gentlemen right now as you focus on the father as you focus on the son all of them point to one thing god is in the to use a term god can be trusted because god is faithful 
Um, we're going to pick up. There's one. The next. The next strand of our conversation. Um, we'll pick that up next week, and that is where God introduces the third strand of trusting Him, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit. And we'll let, uh, And the reason I'm not rushing it tonight is I want to just show you the trend, complete that, and then we'll go into the discussion from there. But what I want you to hold, what I'm going to do is tonight, I'm, I'm sure um, I'm speaking to someone. I'm, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. You can trust the Lord. If God says, this is who I am, then you can trust that. Jesus said, I will prove to you that you can trust me. I will die in your place, but I'll come back so that you know that the line of life and death is subject to the God you serve. He said, I'll win back for you everything that was stolen. So I want to say to somebody who's going through a really tough time or somebody who's just facing an uncertain future, someone who's wanting God to do something and wanting God to step into it. And just like we said, in any area of darkness, God will introduce light. I want you to realize the one thing I want you to take to the bank is that God can be trusted. I want you to keep that in mind. That's what God wants you to realize. Because when you trust God, it changes the way you interact with the world. And so I pray a prayer. Because some people are here and it's like, I've waited a long time. The circumstances don't look like they're going to change. Things are quite tough. Let's pause for a moment. God said, I am Jehovah. The covenant keeping God. I want you to remember that God is, he says, I am Yahweh, the self-existent one. That means I don't need anybody else to be God. That means I have, I'm not going to be more God when I answer your prayers. I give you my word. And what I want to say into somebody's life is this. May that God step into your circumstances. If you're listening to this by podcast, if you're at home or you're facing a challenge or you are facing a situation that has refused to change, God's not done. If you are facing a new future that seems to be unusual, that seems to be, God, should I or should I not? God will be there. He will be the, he will be, I am that I am. If you are bringing a prayer before the Lord tonight, I want you to remember something that Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will get it done so that the name of God is honored in your life. And ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight may God do that in your life. May God step into your world and may God be kind to you in all ways and in all things. We are going through a pandemic, and we do realize that although we're coming out the end of it, we do not take you for granted. And therefore, if anyone is facing sickness or their loved one is facing a, sick, a um, sickness, especially if it's COVID-19, we join our faith with yours. And the Bible says the following, that God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord God, 
that he left thee. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. But Jesus says, when you pray and ask for healing, I will make sure that that attribute of God becomes a reality. And therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may healing be extended to you and to your loved ones. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've had a wonderful time tonight. We're going to continue with this um, in over the next three or four weeks. Um, we'll get to the end of it. But the one thing is this. Let's take this to the bank. You can trust God. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.